This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we... Uh, cook something delicious sometimes or just sit in our closets and talk into microphones. Yep. And uh, today we're talking about Moscow Mules. Indeed. It is 9.36 a.m. on a Monday morning. And Matthew and I are uh, on opposite sides of the city. And sadly, neither of us is drinking a Moscow Mule. But I happen to know that you did not too long ago. Matthew. Yeah, the night before last. Yeah, but I mean, I think the thing is, like, at this point in history, like, if you were sitting in your closet drinking a Moscow Mule, no no one would think that was particularly upsetting. No, no, I mean, you've seen the meme going around of people, like, you know, eating lasagna in the shower or whatever, which seems totally sane to me, so... Yeah, I mean, frankly, Matthew, I I now I can't leave my closet to go make a Moscow mule because we're taping. But when it's done, it's like, uh, you know, all bets are off. Moscow mule, 10 a.m. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a feeling at some point during this taping, you're you're going to like suddenly like need to go to the bathroom or need a Moscow mule or something and just like drag your entire studio behind you across the house clanking as you go. Yeah, probably. I can't wait to see this. Anyway, all right. Well, um, this episode was suggested by listener Kate. Wait a minute. I, wasn't th- wasn't I, last week's episode suggested by listener Kate too? It sure was. This is this is a double Kate. It's a Kate on Kate. It's it's two Kates in a row. <laughs> wow. I, okay. So first of all, let's pretend I never said any of the things I just said. And secondly, I think these are the same Kate, but who can be sure? Um, have you ever considered when you when you put the name like listener Kate into our episode suggestions, ha- have you ever considered putting a last name on our listeners? Well, I've never thought about it. Like some people have a name where it just sounds better if you say the first and last name. I feel like we were getting into this recently with something we were talking about. Matt Dillon. I found that I was I was mentioning Matt Dillon a lot and I couldn't say just Matt or no. Dillon. Or I couldn't say Mr. Dillon because that's his dad. No, um, no, you can't. Well, it's kind of like, um, I don't know why this name just came to me. But if I'm talking about Winona Ryder, I'm not going to just say Winona. Like, no, have you seen that's the Winona latest Judd. Winona? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, do you think that people do this with us? Like, have you seen the latest um, host, Molly? Is that my full name now? 
That's <laughs> your full latest, name now. Yes. The latest host Molly IG post bra. Um yeah, oh I thought I thought maybe you were in a movie and I hadn't heard of it heard about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie um, called Quarantine. It's the newest horror movie. Yeah. I mean, we could be we could be like recording the video of this. <laughs> no one would watch that. That's true. Okay. okay well, anyway, uh, Memory Lane. Let's go down Moscow Mule Memory Lane. Yeah. I don't remember when I first had a Moscow Mule. I don't think it was that long ago because I think they had like a big surge in popularity maybe like five or ten years ago. Does that seem right? You know, this is something I should know since I'm the one who did the uh, the research for this episode. But actually, I, not, I can't. I can't really yeah, tell you about current. I'm not really basing this on anything other other than my. That's when I started hearing everyone talking about it. And there was there were it was like a bunch of articles about people stealing copper mugs or maybe like angry Twitter posts from local restaurants or something. But like people were stealing copper mugs. Oh, okay. So I, I think that my memory lane of Moscow mules, if we were to make a visual of it, I would say that okay, it, and we could. It begins at the same time that Rachel Marshall here in Seattle launched Rachel's Ginger Beer. Because in Seattle, you know, so many places use, rightfully so, Rachel's Ginger Beer in their Moscow Mule. It is the most delicious ginger beer. Uh, Anyway, and so I think that, that Moscow Mules kind of came on my personal horizon when Rachel started making her ginger beer. And then I think, you know, at Delancey or Essex, we, of course, started making Moscow Mules with her ginger beer. And then nothing was ever the same in a good way. <laughs> exactly. As I was drinking my Moscow Mule the other night, I was struck by the fact that ginger beer is such a strong flavor that it's not. there's not a huge difference between drinking a bottle of ginger beer and drinking a Moscow Mule. Like, there's a lot of, you know, there's alcohol in it, so that's different. And, like, sort of ceremonially, if you've got one of those copper mugs, it feels different. But it's really just drinking some ginger beer. Do you think that this is more about the ginger beer or about the fact that vodka just kind of tastes like nothing once it's in a drink? I think it's both. Okay. But I think you're absolutely right. Uh, well, um, maybe, yeah, maybe this, we... That's not like a slam on the Moscow Mule. You know, like I, I love a Moscow Mule and like I also love putting lime juice in anything. But, but it is all about like choosing a good ginger beer. Okay, okay. So, hold on. I think we need to get straight to what a Moscow Mule is. That's a good point. we might have some listeners who live on the moon, or who live under a rock, or who are living in their closets now, like you and me. <laughs> That's true. And anyway, I think that they might want to know what a Moscow Mule is. So, a Moscow Mule is... And we're is... sending a Moscow Mule to each of those listeners. Oh, I wish. I, I wish, wish we could do that. Uh, do we have, like, some giant corporate sponsor who's going to help us with that, that I'm unaware of? Oh, 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 oh. Who's Schweppes, it going to be? Canada oh. Dry. Uh, uh, beef Eater. No, that's gin. Uh, Smirnoff. Uh, big Lime. Big Lime big is going to help us with that. Okay, Rose's Lime Juice. All right. Anyway, Matthew, here's what you need to know. The basic ingredients of a Moscow Mule are vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. All right. Mm-hmm. But here's what I didn't know. It is a type of cocktail called a buck. So a cocktail made with ginger Yeah, ale? I didn't know this either. A cocktail made with ginger ale or ginger beer plus citrus juice plus any kind of liquor is a buck. 
And that's because it was invented by Peter Buck of REM, right? Probably. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so so I guess you can call a Moscow mule a vodka buck, though who would want to do that when you can call it a Moscow mule? That's true. But I know vodka vodka buck is kind of fun to say because of all those hard consonants. It's true. Hi. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm vodka buck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? I'm like, I think I'm a, a Russian minute. cowboy. Okay, wait. So in our kiwi fruit episode, you right. became Coach Hayward and Woody Vines. Uh, <laughs> That's true. You were a, you were a couple of different football coaches. So wait, what does vodka buck do? Um, vodka <laughs> buck a is a is a Russian cowboy, and like I just you know I I uh, I drive cattle across the plains of Siberia in the winter. I uh, I'm one of those ice road truckers, and I drive cattle across Lake Baikal. Somebody's got to do it's it. A, it's a good job, you know. Not everyone can live off the land the way the way we Russian cowboys do. Yeah, but that's that's just how I grew up. And uh, it, you know, do you have like outposts out there on the tundra the way that they do in <laughs> do Antarctica? I have outposts. I have nothing but outposts. Um, what's an outpost exactly? <laughs> is it just like is it like a big like a cardboard box where I like I store supplies? Yes. Or yes. or like a little it, hut or something? It's it's frankly where you're storing your vodka, really, and maybe some toilet paper. Oh, okay. So so I keep. <laughs> That's right. I keep a box of vodka and toilet paper, like kind of every couple of miles <laughs> across the Siberian steppes. Is is that where steps are? <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. So, okay. Hold on. Can I tell you some more about a Moscow mule vodka buck? Please. That's I'm you. probably going to interrupt with more information about, about the life of a Russian cowboy, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. I know that's me. I'm vodka buck. Everyone knows that. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Uh, a Moscow mule is traditionally served in a copper mug. Here's a little interesting thing I learned about copper mugs, and maybe you already thought about this. Have you ever, like, seen, I don't know, like, at some antique shop or something like that, like an old copper mug or, like, a brass cup or something, and thought to yourself, "Would like, that doesn't seem right to drink out of that thing. When like, was the last time I went to an antique <laughs> shop? What was I thinking? I guess when we, when we were in California, I, I went this? to the... Uh, the Folk Music Center, which has a lot of old acoustic instruments, but no copper mugs. Yeah, let's All let's right. say for the sake of yes anding that I'm always I'm always browsing the the ancient mug section in a in an antique shop. Okay, well here's the deal: you should not drink anything that's acidic out of a copper mug or a brass mug or, or you know, a brass bowl or a, a piece of copper you find lying on the ground or just don't drink out of it. I shouldn't like chug stuff through a copper pipe. Probably not. Probably not. Because okay. here's the deal. So in the presence of acids, like fruit juice or vinegar or whatever, copper starts to dissolve. And then, of course, you know, you, you don't want to get that in your bloodstream. So you will notice that most of the Moscow Mule mugs that we encounter in the world, even though they're copper on the outside, they're lined with like either stainless steel or nickel okay. or whatever. But anyway, can I tell you of the many origin stories that I found for Moscow meals? They're they're like all related but different. Is there wait, is there going to be part of this story where like at some point in history everyone was drinking Moscow mules from unlined copper mugs and like all of society went a little crazy and that's why the Roman Empire fell or something? I wish. I mean, that's that explains the behavior of of the average Russian cowboy, which is not normal. Ah, you think it's like it's it's copper poisoning? I think I think uh, 
it's it's time. It's about time. What was my name again? Vodka Buck Vodka gets Buck. Uh, gets tested for copper poisoning because it would explain a lot of Copper Bucks. I mean, Vodka Bucks strange behavior. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like, mean like, for example, forgetting his own name all the time? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So here's the usual origin story of the Moscow okay. Mule. All right. So. And by the way, like the first time I read through this, it was completely unintelligible, the website where I found it online. So do you I think just, it was copper poisoning that made it unintelligible? <laughs> I do. Either, either you or the writer? Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm feeling really proud of my ability to distill this into an intelligible story. So please okay. appreciate what I'm about to share with you. No, this is why I wanted you to research this episode. And this is not a joke because like anytime there's like corporate history and PR maneuvering involved in a story, you can tell it like no one else. Oh my God. Wow. I, can I, I, it's um, true. Can I use that as a blurb on my next book, even if it's you not can, about corporate history? You can like, use it as a blurb on your current <laughs> book. I mean, I know it's already been printed and stuff, but you could just like Sharpie it on. That's okay. All right. All right. So here's the deal. Okay. So you got two main characters, as far as I can tell, in all the origin stories, and two main characters are the same. You got this guy, okay. his last name is Martin. And he is like, you can think of him as the Smirnoff vodka guy. Okay? Okay. All right. But he's he's in the States. I think he like owns the rights to Smirnoff or something in the States. Yeah, I don't know. What like, there, This doesn't make any sense already. No, I think it, it does make sense to me because I think there are a lot of uh, vodka brands that have a Russian name because that's what people expect of vodka but are really not related to Russia at all. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. I don't know if Smirnoff is one of them, but it's certainly possible. Okay. Well, so you've got this guy. His last name is Martin. All right. Uh, he's your Smirnoff vodka guy. Then you got this other guy. His last name is Morgan. Wouldn't you think they could have had more different last names to make this story easier? I mean, like I Martin and Morgan. Martin and Morgan. <laughs> anyway, so Morgan... This guy owns the Cock and Bull Tavern in Hollywood. All right. We're talking about like, like Hollywood, world... California or yeah. Hollywood, Florida, Hollywood, California. So this okay. is like around World War Two era. OK, you've got you got Morgan. He owns the Cock and Bull Tavern in Hollywood. And he's got this side business making ginger beer. Perhaps you've heard okay. of Cock and Bull ginger beer. That's what I used for my Moscow mule. Oh, on really? Whatever day that was Saturday. Oh, OK, yeah. hold on. I, I got to turn the page. Hold on. OK. Okay, so anyway, you got these two guys. You got the Smirnoff vodka guy. You got the cock and bull ginger beer guy. Apparently, neither of their products was selling well. That seems unlikely. But yeah, uh, I well, I don't know. Like, it's the vodka part that I'm skeptical of because, like, you know, some some bartenders uh, like. Uh, Ginger beer concern, maybe, maybe not. Sure. So most versions of this story say the two guys met during World War II, and then the drink was created after the war in an effort to sell their two products, okay? And in some of the versions of this story, there was a third person, in some cases, Morgan's girlfriend. We could call her okay. uh, Ms. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she well, she took his name even though they weren't weren't married. That's <laughs> unusual, but okay. Anyway, she apparently so the, so in some versions of the story, there's this third person. Sometimes it's Ms. Morgan. Okay, and uh, this third person like had copper mugs to sell or something. So you can see you can see how this is all coming together into a riveting oh, story. She ran an antique store. 
Exactly. Anyway, right. so so basically, you know, all these the, these people who needed to sell their products came together and made a new product. <laughs> this is very. This is. I love this story because I imagine now we could <laughs> we could tell the story about any product. Like yes. you know, the suave shampoo was invented when you know Bobby Schmitz had a bunch of sodium lauryl sulfate, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and somebody else had a his, bunch of panthenol. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what if we? Put you know, these things are not selling well. Like, nobody wants to buy my sulfates. <laughs> what if we put them together and put it on our heads and see what oh, happens? Oh, God. Okay. Well, but Matthew, here is where yeah. this thrilling intrigue comes in. I hope you're ready. Okay. I'm so ready. So, you know, so most people say, you know, Morgan and Martin met during World War II. The drink was created after the war. All right. However, the first known mention of the drink was actually from December 1942. Oh. You'll note that that was not after World War II, all right? No, it was in, so, right in the thick of things. Yes. So there was a newspaper article in December 1942 saying that uh, the this drink was a, quote, craze in the, quote, movie colony of Hollywood. <laughs> I love that phrase. I love saying movie colony. Yes, it's great. So, you know... The Moscow Mule, this origin story would have it happening, being born at the Cock and Bull Tavern in Hollywood, and somehow copper mugs came on the scene. Maybe because it was a tavern and they served their beer in copper mugs. I don't, I don't know, and I'm not but sure. But like in this, if I in care. this version, like how does how does the the vodka guy Martin come <laughs> come into the story? I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, let's move on to a different a different story. Oh wow! Okay. Actually, this is oh, like um, what's a on. what's a movie like this is like Run Lola Run like it could have happened any of these ways. Well, but here's here's the 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 bummer I have to tell you about. It involves the same characters just at a different time. <laughs> okay, okay. Are you, are you ready? And those characters are Vodka Buck, Woody Vines, and Ms. Morgan. <laughs> Coach Hayward. Coach Hayward. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, a different origin story says that it dates from 1941. This sounds more plausible, given that there was a newspaper article about it in 1942. That makes sense. This particular story, which dates the origin to 1941, this story was put forth by the New York Herald Tribune in 1948. I hope you're keeping track of all these dates because there's going to be a quiz. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, I I have not been studying for my history test, and you're, I now realize I should have been studying because all this is going to be on it. Your World War II cocktails test? Yeah. All right. So this particular story from the New York Herald, Trib Herald Tribune claims that the Moscow Mule was actually born in Manhattan, but somehow oh. got its first footing on the West Coast. So um, this story has it that it was invented at the Chatham Hotel in Manhattan in 1941 when the first carload of cock and bull ginger beer arrived in New York. And now, just like all of a sudden... Boom, it well, turned into hold, Moscow Mules. Hold on. Now, okay. here we have our protagonists again. Apparently, three friends were at the bar. Morgan, our cock and bull guy, who must have come out with the carload of cock and bull. I must have come out with the carload. He was probably riding on top of the train, <laughs> making vodka buck cowboy hooping and hollering noises. Like, yeah! So do you think so? You didn't even tell me until now, when I see it on the agenda, that not only do Morgan and Martin have pretty much the same last name, but they have pretty much the same first name, too. 
I know. It's too confusing. It's confusing me. It's I'm, fine. When we when we make the movie that that, that host Molly is going to star in, we'll change these names. Okay. All right. Anyway, so so now you've got this. The setting is Manhattan. You've got Morgan, the cock and bull guy. You've got Martin, who is the vodka guy. He's the president of the company that like owns Smirnoff Vodka or something. All right. And then you've got this like third guy. Okay. I'm not even going to say his name because it makes things too confusing. But anyway, they're sitting in the bar at the Chatham Hotel <laughs> in Manhattan. They hatch this idea and they try it and boom, okay. Moscow Mule. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Oh, you're a little frozen. In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your California road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and ride with us in the California Road Trip Republic. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, so you were telling the story of how the Moscow Mule was born in New York. Cha-ching, and there you go. Have we ever had an idea where we said "boom, cha-ching" <laughs> and it worked? Uh, you know, I think when we came up with the idea for this podcast, we said, "Yeah, we boom. were like boom, cha-ching." <laughs> yeah, because that's what everybody thinks when they think about podcasts. <laughs> right. Cha-ching. No, but to be fair, like over the first two years, we made upwards of four hundred dollars total. <laughs> Wait a minute, Matthew. Are you including I mean, not, our expenses there? I mean, is not, this a true balance? Not including sheet? our expenses. We no. <laughs> we 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 made a profit of of upwards of negative one thousand dollars. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, Matthew, what you're going to like is that there's one more twist on this story. I'm going to love that. Yeah. Some say that the drink was actually invented by the bartender at the Cock and Bull and not, oh, okay. not by either of these guys. And, you know, being someone who I, I'm, I'm always rooting for the underdog, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But I really like this story. This says that Wes Price, who is a bartender at the Cock and Bull, was the one who actually came up with this when he was trying to clear out the bar's cellar, uh, get rid of like a bunch of unused stuff. I guess vodka and ginger beer were some of the unused things. That seems like weird things to find like unused in the cellar of your bar. Right? Well, we've we've got a bunch of alcohol. I mean, okay. On the one hand, it's not weird at all because like what else are you going to have on hand? Like if you found if you found oil barrels down there, that would be weirder. So never mind. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so none of these stories is very exciting, but it is kind of interesting to me to learn that uh, somehow the guy behind Cock and Bull Ginger Beer was involved and somehow a vodka company was involved. That part seems kind of obvious. But um, so, yeah. And a Russian cowboy and Big Lime were involved. Yes, yes. You know, then there's also really a question of whether this was an original drink to start with because ginger beer had been mixed with 
other liquors before, like whiskey. Oh. Yeah. So so in the early part of the 1900s, um, I saw it dated as like between 1900 and 1940, there was this cocktail called the Mamie Taylor. Uh, Wasn't that the name of the of the woman who who was disgraced on on the BBC a few weeks ago on the mackerel episode? Maybe wait, that wasn't that Fanny Craddock. Fanny Craddock. That sounds a lot like Mamie Taylor. I think. <laughs> anyway, all right. So the Mamie Taylor cocktail was ginger beer, whiskey, and lime. What um, episode was that? It wasn't the mackerel episode. It was not was it? mackerel. Um, Fanny Craddock was because remember uh, she was. She popularized some... something. Yeah. I guess our listeners we'll never know. Are, our listeners are screaming once again at, at, at They're their... screaming at us the same way Fanny Craddock was screaming at that poor woman on the BBC show. <laughs> okay. Anyway. And we're not going to take it anymore. So there's a very good chance that the Moscow Mule is just like a vodkaization of the Mamie Taylor. All right. I mean, and this would make a lot of sense because apparently in the initial marketing of Smirnoff vodka in the U.S., they referred to it as a white whiskey. Wow. So, I didn't know this at all. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the early marketing was, quote, Smirnoff white whiskey. No taste, no smell, end quote. That is so weird. Right? White I want to see one of these ads. White whiskey, I, I no taste, no smell. Anyway, um, the popularity of the copper mug, uh, despite what I said earlier about Ms. Morgan, whose name was almost certainly not Ms. Morgan. Uh, I mean, the, the good thing about the white whiskey having no taste and no smell is when um, Vodka Buck um, like stores it at his outposts, um, mm. it, they, it doesn't attract wolves. Oh, Because yeah, if, if it had a taste or smell, wolves would come and break the bottles open and lick it up. There is nothing worse than getting to your your outpost on the tundra and discovering yep. that the wolves have gotten to your stash of white whiskey. Yeah, no, I was like, I was gonna drink this white whiskey to like kind of kind of blast <laughs> off the permafrost on my beard, and now and now I have to fight a pack of wolves, which I would do. Yeah, well, I hope you'll I hope you'll take a selfie while you're fighting the pack of wolves because it sounds really cool and and entertaining. I'm going to post that. I'll, I'll take a boomerang and I'll post it on our Instagram, <laughs> Spilled Milk Podcast, of right. me fighting a pack of wolves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the popularity of the copper mug is usually attributed to Martin. That's our Smirnoff vodka guy who okay. went around the U.S. to sell Smirnoff vodka and, and popularize the Moscow Mule. And apparently he would ask bartenders to pose with some special copper mug and a bottle of Smirnoff, and then he would take Polaroids of them. This sounds dirty. Yes, I'm so glad you said that, because I was thinking, like, and now can we get one with your shirt off? You know, just for fun, right? Yeah, can you just raise your pant leg a little higher? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, um, hold on, Matthew. Th this is the part of the show I've been looking forward to the most. Okay, I'm very excited. This is the part where we get to we get to different types of of buck. So remember, a buck is a ginger beer cocktail that uses citrus, right? Yeah, different uh, types of buck, like buck Henry, <laughs> buck Owens. Why? I don't I don't know who any of these people are. These are just like names of famous bucks of the past that I, that came to mind. I was thinking of like dollars, like that kind of buck. 
I, anyway, I know we've talked about this before, but at some point when I was a kid, I think we looked this up and like maybe found the opening credits on, on YouTube. But there was a brief, briefly a show called Nickels and Dimes that was not related to the the uh, Barbara Ehrenreich book, Nickel and Dimed. But it was maybe a Western show or maybe a cop show or something. And I remember one of the main characters was named Buck Nichols. Really? Does this sound familiar at all? Yes. It doesn't it was sound like familiar N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S, to me. N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S, maybe. I bet we talked about it on some one of the many episodes where you talked about nickel cells. Probably. Okay, hold on. Are you ready to talk about variations on a Moscow Mule or, or a, so ready. a vodka buck? All yeah. right. So if bourbon is used, the drink is called a Kentucky Mule or a horse feather. What's a horse feather? Well, horse feathers, is, it means like, like, you know, bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah, like that's a load of horse feathers because it doesn't really exist. I was thinking that maybe um, maybe it was like Pegasus's wings, and this was like you know how Red Bull gives you wings. The, the, oh, the Bourbon Buck gives you horse feathers. You should work in in marketing <laughs> for uh, some liquor company or Big Lime. I should. I should. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, if gin is used, it's called a gin gin mule. <laughs> Put gin in there twice. Gingin mule, a London mule, or a foghorn. Okay. I've heard okay. the term London mule. All right. Well, um, and then there are a bunch of predictable ones. Like if tequila is used, it's a Mexican mule, spice sure. rum, Jamaican mule, so on and so forth. If absinthe is used, it's a bohemian mule. Oh, interesting. I would try that. Mm-hmm. If absinthe and cinnamon schnapps, 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 schnapps. Wow, I've lost the ability to pronounce things. If absinthe and cinnamon schnapps are used, it's called a dead man's mule. I learned once that's that sounds. I don't think that sounds good, but I like the name. Um, I learned at one point that in Denmark, schnapps. It's, I think it's probably pronounced about the same, but it's spelled S N A P S, just like snaps, which is oh. really fun. That is fun. What, hold on. Have you noticed that I have not been able to determine why it's a why any of these are a mule, like a oh. Moscow mule, and you know, a now, Jamaican mule? What? Why is it a mule? I couldn't I find thought, that anywhere. I thought a mule also referred to a type of cocktail that maybe predated the Moscow mule, but I'm probably making that up. But I'm trying to look it up on Wikipedia right now. No, nope, okay. it just took me to the article about the horse-like thing. Perfect. Oh, okay. okay. Mule, mule disambiguation. Okay, it's uh, it's time for everyone's part of the show. Uh, Matthew spends time on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, mule Town, Ohio, an unincorporated community. Okay. Sport trans- okay. No, and you would have found this anyway when you were looking at Moscow mules. So my theory is wrong. Okay. All right. Well, I I would like to go on telling you about variations on the Moscow Mule. All right. So if it's garnished with rosemary and cranberries, it's a mistletoe mule. And then and and then you have to like kiss the underside of the mug. You have to kiss under it. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. No, here is one. So if you use Mountain Dew in place of the ginger beer. So so just to clarify, this would be Mountain Dew plus vodka plus citrus juice. Yeah. It's a Moscow mole. Oh, I wait. I see that you changed the mule into a mole, but I don't know why. I don't know. 
either. I just found these things on the internet, Wait. and I hoped they would make sense when I shared them with you, but they don't. Okay, so in in Japan, it's like widely known as as a stereotype that foxes love to eat fried tofu. I don't. Are it's you not, serious? Yeah, it's not. It's not actually true, but no, it's, no, but, but it's just like you know, it's a common myth. Like um, how we how we say that mice like cheese and exactly, bears like honey. Right. Okay, maybe there is a a widely known stereotype that moles love to drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> I think you're right, and do and do extreme sports. I think you're right. So uh, as of the time we're taping this episode, so, you know, early spring here in Seattle, uh, my yard is starting to get molehills in it. Oh. And I think they're coming up looking for Mountain Dew. I had I no so. idea. I thought Try, maybe they okay. were looking for bugs, but no, Mountain Dew. All right. Well, this is a perfect opportunity to do a scientific experiment. So water one of the molehills with regular water, but one of them with Mountain Dew and see which one grows more. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a perfect homeschooling assignment that my, my kid's teacher yes. would want us to do. Okay. Definitely. Give your give your kid a two liter bottle of Mountain Dew and say, just like figure it out. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, this has been Homeschooling with Vodka Buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cha-ching. That's our million-dollar idea. Everybody needs homeschooling materials. We're going to, Vodka Buck is going to make a series about uh, survival, wilderness, I guess, like, is tundra wilderness? Not really. Yeah, well, yeah, it's It's wild. wilderness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, surviving on the tundra with Vodka Buck. You know, your kids need to know this. And also, like, mold, how to do mole experiments. <laughs> Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, we like, will um, Vodka Buck's gonna teach you how to stock an outpost and how to pour Mountain Dew on some garden animals. Okay. All right. I would like to ask our listeners this week to please go to our Facebook page. That's Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast and tell us what do you want vodka buck to teach your children about? <laughs> That's what we want you to tell us this week. That's a fantastic should... question. Great. All right. So please let us know. Vodka Buck. Well, I'm speaking for Vodka Buck now. He's going to do his best to come I, up with the curriculum you need. As speaking as Vodka Buck, I approve this message. Great. Okay. Well, uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Where we've definitely already posted a video of me <laughs> taking a <laughs> selfie while fighting off a pack of wolves that tried to drink my vodka. Okay. So definitely go check that out. Okay. All right. You, what else, Matthew? If you go to Instagram and don't see that, we'll give you your money back for this episode. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that has no taste and no smell. <laughs> I'm Matthew Hamster Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. I think that our new podcast name should be Under the Blankets and in the Closet with Ira Glass. In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your California road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and ride with us in the California Road Trip Republic. 